Hello everyone and welcome to the weekly. This is the episode for seventh week and today we have me, Ruth, your host, along with Ram, Bezam, and we have some interesting stories for you this week which Ram is going to tell us a little about. Yeah, so the first few stories that we're going to cover today have to do with student government. So Ruth, student government pushed back on the new campus policy for Dean's List, right? Yeah, that's right. The university administration recently decided to change the criteria for academic honors, such as the Dean's List, and to introduce Latin honors designations for graduating students. In response to these policies, student government passed a resolution urging the university to reevaluate the change and to consult and notify undergraduate students of proposed changes in the future. The resolution asked that the current students be allowed to continue under the current Dean's List and Honors systems. Additionally, it expressed concerns that the lack of transparency needed for earning such academic honors might create a competitive and stressful environment for students. That's not the only story we have concerning student government. Beza, you have something about a new student government wellness committee? Yep. So the CARE Executive Slate created a new committee this academic year, the Health and Wellness Committee, to improve the physical and mental health of UChicago Chicago student body. According to Vice President for Student Affairs of University of Chicago, uh, the university has had a mental health crisis for years, and it's time for student government to put the time, money, and people together to have people dedicated to addressing this problem. Who is the committee going to be led by? Uh, the Health and Wellness Committee will be led by second-year Ella Bradford and third-year Alessandra and includes four other members in the college. So what is the committee's grand plan? The committee plans to create alliances with other health-related organizations as well as RSOs. And other planned wellness projects include working with Ministerial Cup company Diva Cup to provide free Ministerial Cups in the reg, replacing the free tampons and pads. They're also working with a few other members of student government to create a resource book that students can easily navigate to better understand pathways to mental health care. But this quarter, specifically, the Health and Wellness Committee plans on working with the University of Chicago Democracy Initiative to conduct a university-wide survey on students' opinions towards campus health services. According to the vice president, they hope to gain an understanding of what students would like to see change with regards to mental health on campus. And moving on to a more fun story, Beza, you have something about a bird study and mating or something like that, right? Yeah, so now we know that bird love is forever. According to a research done by um, an ecology and evolution professor, Professor Trevor Price, uh, male birds maintain courtship rituals after entering pair bond relationships. So what are these pair bond relationships? These are uh, a stage of relative social or sexual monogamy with females. The paper argues that the elaborate rituals, which involve singing, dancing, and displays of colorful plumage, ensure a higher rate of survival for the bird's brood by motivating females to take better care of their young. But isn't this paradoxical to what we usually see in the animal kingdom? Will that not divert the male's attention from raising its young and further sexual reproduction with other mates, decreasing his fitness and ability to pass down his genes? Although it has been easy to see how a male may increase the number of offspring he sires by seeking out other females to mate with, this study specifically shows how fidelity to one's partner may have a similar effect because without continued displays, the female works less hard in raising the offspring. 
So both partners in the pair bond benefit, despite the fact that females work harder in caring for the offspring. So the study cites an increase in eggs per reproductive cycle as an example. The female then comes to rely upon the male's flashy displays over time, and without them, there may be a failure of the female to ovulate. Okay, keeping with uh, on-campus developments, uh, Ruth, you have a story about the NCAA, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so last Monday, the NCAA Board of Governors announced that student-athletes will be allowed to benefit from the use of their name, image, and likeness in a manner consistent with the collegiate model. This decision followed the passage of a California law that will allow student-athletes to hire agents and benefit from their name, image, and likeness without having their scholarships revoked by 2023. Several other states, including Illinois, are considering similar legislation. However, the NCAA's announcement does not include permission for student-athletes to hire agents for negotiations. The discrepancy between the legislation and NCAA policy may lead to litigation that will force the NCAA to allow students to hire agents. The three divisions of the NCAA have different regulations and standards, and these will be affected differently by the new framework. Division I students are likely to see the biggest changes as a result of this new policy, as students in this division currently receive compensation primarily from full or partial scholarships from their school. Division II schools are more limited in the funding that they can provide to, the, to their athletes, and Division III schools like the University of Chicago cannot offer any scholarships or financial aid for athletes. Divisions II and III schools are therefore unlikely to see major changes as a result of this new policy. The last two stories we have to cover today are related to important off-campus developments. First, at an IOP event this past Thursday, Chicago Police Department Superintendent Eddie Johnson discussed his decision to retire, along with some of the problems faced by the CPD over the past few years. As the superintendent, Johnson was credited with decreases in crime, but criticized for what many perceived as a failure to adequately deal with police violence. So what, what motivated his decision to retire? So Johnson explained that while on a vacation with his family, he noticed, quote, it was the first time I realized how much they missed having me and how much I missed them. I told my wife that was it, end quote. Johnson also believed that the job was taking a toll on his personal well-being, describing the mental trauma that it put him through on a daily basis. Is there any other news surrounding Johnson? Johnson made headlines for his rebuttal against President Trump. Trump criticized the CPD, saying that the city of Chicago is less safe than Afghanistan. Johnson retorted, saying, quote, The national narrative that Chicago is a city on fire is just not true. We have our challenges on the south and the west side, but I also want to remind people that we have 17 neighborhoods that are safer than Manhattan and L.A. What are the triumphs and defeats that Johnson went through in his time as superintendent? During his time as superintendent, gun violence significantly decreased and remained at a four-year low up through this year. However, the DOJ and reporters from the Invisible Institute found that Johnson repeatedly ignored instances of police violence among his officers. In terms of what he wants from the CPD in the future, Johnson also desires to increase diversity among the police force and increase access to mental health services for officers. And then the last story we have for you guys today deals with the nurses' strike. So during an election held this past Wednesday, nurses from the University of Chicago Medical Center voted to strike for a second time. 92% of nurses belonging to National Nurses Union, which is a group that represents over 2,200 people in 
the University of Chicago Medical Center, voted in favor of the strike. The second strike will take place on Tuesday, November 26th. Why is this nurses strike going on, Ram? This past September, nurses protested unsafe working conditions that they claim were due to understaffing and the administration's unresponsiveness to workers' complaints. So what does the strike involve? In September, the University of Chicago Medical Center shut down all ambulances, closed units, and transferred patients to nearby hospitals. Hospital administrators said in a letter released to all faculty and staff that similar preparations are going to occur for the upcoming strike. And how did hospital administrators respond? In a, in a letter released to faculty and staff, hospital administrators responded that we are extremely disappointed by the union's decision to strike as we did not want another walkout and have been working earnestly at the negotiating table to reach an agreement. UMC offered significant compromises on many key issues during bargaining sessions on November 7th and 11th and invited the union to work with us. Uh, on Thursday, the union rejected all the compromises that U UCMC has offered on major issues and gave us a proposal reinforcing its inflexible demands. Are there any avenues for negotiation? The National Nurses Union and the University of Chicago Medical Center plan on having negotiation meetings on November 26th, December 11th, and December 18th. So that's all we have for you guys this week. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm Ram. I'm Beza. And I'm Ruth. Music for the Weekly is provided by Andrew Dietz, Aaron Senden, and Kenny Tobit-LaVega. Thank you to the Logan Cage for the mics, and be sure to follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Again, have a wonderful eighth week.